Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman in St Lucia, where weather permitting, we are just a couple of days away from the third and final test match getting underway. And the TalkSport team made their way to the Darren Sammy Cricket Ground today, where England's Joss Butler faced the press. With uh, one test uh, left here, we've, you know, we haven't done ourselves justice. We haven't done the travelling fans uh, justice as well. So we want to put in a, a good performance here. More from Joss later as he reacts to the coaches' assertions that the Test players are mixing up their ODI roles with the longer format, and whether the England players not only let the team down but also the travelling supporters. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe through your favourite podcast app and stay up to date with all the news from England's tour of the Caribbean. You're listening to Following On. Myself, John Norman and Matt Pryor in a very romantic uh, setting here, Matt. And I'm sure the listeners back home can hear the sound of the Caribbean Sea lapping uh, at uh, our feet. We're staying at the Windjammer Resort in St Lucia. Um, before we get going, actually, I don't know about you, but in the couple of days we've been here, I, uh, you know, we've touched upon and felt the enthusiasm for cricket in Barbados and Antigua, for sure. I mean, people couldn't believe that they were going to win, actually. And it was quite heartening to see the celebrations and the fact that they were just so joyous about something that I think maybe we take for granted at times, England winning at home. It's been such a long time for West Indies fans. But here in St Lucia, which is uh, an idyllic spot, as your your flip-flops decide to uh, get washed away in the surf... Uh, the, the, everyone it's, it's a, sounds like a cliche we talk about how much they, they love the cricket in Sri Lanka they did they love it in Barbados they love it in Antigua here it just goes up another level 
It does, doesn't it? It's absolutely incredible. Um, you know, you sort of think you're playing in Bridgetown, Barbados, almost the home of West Indian cricket. Um, and for me, it was almost a bit sad that there was there wasn't that buzz around the cricket. I remember touring in 2009, and it was wherever you went, it was cricket, it was carnival, and the carnival was because of the cricket and England cricket team being here, and you got the Barmy Army and the England fans, and there was this whole feeling. And Barbados, that was a bit that was it wasn't there as much, and that, as I say, was was sad. I think that West Indies winning and beating England has galvanized mm. this, these islands and said, hold on a minute, we've got a team here that we need to get behind. I think there has been a breakdown in, a, in relations with, between the, the West Indian cricketers and the fans. I think that having speak, spoken to a few of the locals and you know what it's like over here, you get in a taxi and the taxi driver, they've all got an opinion on the cricket and these players and who should be doing this and who should be doing that. And one of the, the resounding opinions is, is this infighting between the board and the West Indian players and the perceived greed of some of the West Indian players. It's not something that the, the nations can relate to. Um, so there has been a, a breakdown, which is, again, sad, but great to see that this bridge is being built again. I think Jason Holder, the West Indies captain, has to take a lot of credit for that. I think he's brilliant on the pitch, and that's first and foremost what you have to do, but I think he's done very good PR off the pitch as well about just talking about the kind of team that this West Indian group needs to be um, that, that, again, the fans can relate to. Mm. Um, but nothing gets support like winning. And beating England, everyone wants to beat England, let's not forget that, beating England uh, has put them right back on the map. Oh, sorry, I just saw a fish jump out the sea there, not too far from us. It's a, it is a, it's ridiculous here in in St Lucia. We had, we had a lovely time last night as well, didn't we? We were, we were treated to um, a function. Some of the local journalists came out, and all the food and drink was laid on by really, really pleasant uh, and friendly, genuinely friendly people. St Lucia Tourist Board. So thanks to them for that. Um, not quite so pretty when it comes to England, though, is it? Um, you know, we're a couple of days out, and still not 100% sure of the makeup of the side but England's Joss Butler did catch up with Neil Manthorpe today at the Darren Sammy uh, Cricket Stadium um, and had this to say. Josh, it's been a few days to reflect now on uh, the Test match and the series. What's the mood in the camp like? Yeah, there's um, sort of quite a lot of disappointment. Obviously, we came here uh, wanting to play good cricket and, and to try and win the series, and um, we've fallen well short of that. And uh, you know, so there's disappointment in that. But of course, um, there's a lot of pride to play for, and, and hopefully, we can put in a performance which um, you know does ourselves more justice. In a losing cause, there's a possibility that the batsmen and the bowlers form two separate camps. Are you all still friends? <laughs> yeah, just about. Um, of course, we, you know, especially in Barbados, you know, the batters let the bowlers down big style, didn't we? With um, you know, um, you know, making the bowlers come back and bowl lots of overs. So, um, of course, that's disappointing. But we, you know, we stick together as a tight group, which is uh, obviously a, you know, a strength of the side that you have to call on in, in tough times. The coach said that there might be some muddled thinking from the one-day side, from the one-day style of batting into the test format. Is that is that a reality? Uh, I necessarily agree to too much of an extent. Um, 
I think uh, if you look at the players, there is a, a bit of a crossover of the ODI players and into the test team. But you know, really, it's down to you know playing the situation and playing accordingly. You know, um, and I think the best players in the world are the ones who, who do that really well. Um, I think if we look back at um, some of the games, you know, since I've been back in the team, we've we've played on quite a lot of result wickets where um, you know that the sort of counter-attacking style has um, you know been quite prevalent, and that's been quite um, consistent for the time I've been in the side. That that's a, a style that's uh, worked and uh, with some success um, but of course you've got to be able to adapt and, and play the other style of, of cricket as well and, and that's how you're going to be really successful He also said that there were probably four or five players suited to batting at six or seven which was a, an interesting assessment Yeah, obviously there's quite a lot of guys who've, um, you know play the majority of their stuff in the, in the middle order like you say in those five six seven uh, roles um, you know and that's you know down to you know the management and the selectors to, to select the best team that they feel is appropriate for for winning and uh, I'm sure you know when um, you know as you do when you do well as well you reflect on those decisions and, and, and of course when it doesn't go to plan you have to to work out where you can improve and move forward. What did you make of Darren Bravo's innings? Um, it wasn't always pretty, was it? 50 off 216 balls. No, it wasn't. I thought it was a very brave innings. You know, and, and, uh, on that wicket to bat for that, um, that uh, length of time, you know, you needed quite a lot of courage and bravery. And um, you know, I think you have quite a lot of respect for... You know, he took some blows and, and he kept, kept fighting away. And um, yeah, it turned out to be a really valuable innings. There's been talk about just letting the series go now. I mean, it's been lost and there's a test match to go. There's already so much talk about the Ashes. Presumably the players aren't allowing themselves to get too far ahead of themselves. No, trying not to, of course. Um, you know, it's the summer as a whole for English cricket has been looked at for a long time as a very exciting time in English cricket. And, um, you know, there's lots to play for before before the Ashes. So, um, you know, we have to... With uh, one test uh, left here, we've you know we haven't done ourselves justice. We haven't done the travelling fans uh, justice as well. So we want to put in a, a good performance here. So the vice captain Joss Butler and England's uh, former wicketkeeper, current number five, I think, um, speaking to Neil Manthorpe. Very interesting, Matt, because at the end of the day, it seems to be a disconnect between vice captain and coach. Yeah, it's quite revealing that, um, and I hope there's not more to it, but whenever you, you, the one thing you want as a touring team in particular is for everyone to be on the same page, and that doesn't mean you don't disagree, that doesn't mean that you have honest conversations in the dressing room, um, that's also very important, but once those conversations have been had, you have to then walk out of the room, or dressing room, changing room, whatever it may be, you walk out with a common goal and a direction and an agreement in place of what we're, how we're going to be, how we're going to play, what we're going to focus on, but also the, the message that you want to deliver to the media. Mm. Um, and the fact that the coach and vice-captain have delivered two different messages, or certainly the vice-captain disagreeing with, with the opinion of the coach, it, it's, it's quite worrying um, from, from my perspective. Um, that, as I say, it's not the fact that you should all agree, absolutely not, but it, there needs to be a, um, a united front, exactly what I was looking for. In terms of the team itself, we're still not sure about folks, but let's say he is fit. Does he play if Matt Pryor is the coach or the selector? 
for me, if Ben, look, Ben Folks has done nothing wrong. He, he's come in uh, through through injury. Let's not forget, if Johnny Besto hadn't fallen over playing football, Ben Folks probably wouldn't have made his Test debut yet, and and Besto would be keeping wicket and batting a bit lower down the order. But he's come in. Uh, he's been given the role, and he's grabbed it with both hands, literally, um, scoring a phenomenal hundred in in Sri Lanka and, and going forward. He looks very compact with the bat. He looks organised. If he plays, I think the England selectors now have to say, right, Ben Folks is our man, he's our batsman wicketkeeper, and therefore he has to bat at seven. I think at the moment they're trying to cover too many bases, and by leaving him batting at eight, it almost leaves him isolated because the per- perception is he's playing as a specialist wicketkeeper, and he's, he's not a specialist wicketkeeper, he's a better batsman than that. I think that they have to then make a call on, right, who, who is playing? If Ben Folks is a man, he bats a seven for me and he keeps wicket. Moen Ali would then bat at eight. I think Moen has, is looking, yes, he scored a 60 in, in the first innings, but look, it wasn't, it wasn't chanceless. And um, I, I think it showed in the second innings where probably Moen Ali is. So I think he needs to earn the right to bat in above Folks again. Um, but, but again, England need to look at the balance of their team. I know there's been calls for Ben Stokes to bat further up the order. He is England's all-rounder. He is the guy that's going to put in a huge amount of overs, huge amount of efforts. Everything that he does is 110%. He, for me, needs to say it's six. And therefore, the batsmen need to be batting one to five. So if Butler's going to play as a batsman, he stays at five and has to be judged on his runs scored at five as a batsman, not as a batsman who can keep wicket if needed or whatever it may be. He is batting at five. He needs to be judged as a batsman. The other big one for me, and I've said it for ages and I've given up, I gave up on it for a little while, but I can't help but say it again now. It is so obvious that Joe Root needs to be batting at three in this batting in in this order. He is the man that should be. And again, that's not to say Johnny Besto hasn't done a good job, but the reality is, if Folks doesn't play, Besto will have the gloves, and I don't think he wants to be batting at three with the gloves on. Interesting. I'm not so sure about Root at three, you know, because I think you've got a whole team of players batting out of position, and. Uh would you really want to do that with Root as well? But I think that might be a topic that we uh, may come back to. Um, I started at the start of this saying how romantic uh, our standing here on the beach is. It's uh, What people don't understand, I suppose, back home is uh, the impact on family life for the cricketers and for those touring, I suppose, as well. You know, being away from home, the pressures of and the, the frustrations and the stresses and strains uh, that you leave behind chasing the sun. Um, it's its not all standing on the edge of uh, this beautiful beach, is it, when it comes to touring life? It is important that you get the balance. And I suppose you've been uh, you've been there many, many times having to leave your, your kids and wife at home. Um, what kind of impact does that have when, when you're playing? It has a huge impact and it's one of the things that uh, isn't seen often or ever by, by fans and spectators. Um, and, I, and I also think that there's, there's probably a, a slight lack of understanding around it as well because at the end of the day we are stood on this phenomenal beach. I mean it is picturesque as you're going to get, quintessential Caribbean all the footage that you would see back home when it's minus five and snowing and miserable is of the England cricketers either doing shuttles on a beach or at another restaurant in Barbados and it looks like the perception will be oh, these guys are just on a holiday but it's not their fault they're in the Caribbean the Caribbean is the Caribbean and it looks like it is a holiday destination I can tell you now that the, the way England have played and how they've lost badly these boys will be hurting and you go back to your hotel room at the end of the day 
and you're sat there by yourself. You don't have your support network uh, there for you. You know, you have a bad day at work. What happens? You go home, you see your kids, your wife comes up and goes, don't worry, tomorrow will be a better day. You don't have that opportunity with your families away. And also, there is a mental strain on the fact that there might be something going on at home that you are not in control of, you can't help out with. It might be the kids are playing up. It might be they're ill. I mean, I got out here and literally two days after arriving, I think three of my four children, which is ridiculous anyway, but three of them were throwing up all over the place. And and you just have to say, well, I hope it's all okay and and, and good luck with that as you then go and sit on the beach again. And speaking to Alistair Cook last week, he was struggling. He felt guilty for being out here while his wife was looking after kids back home. And, you know, so there are challenges. Now, I will always say, first and foremost, playing cricket for England is the greatest honour you can ever have. And it's a privilege and it's incredible. But like anything, there are sacrifices you make. There are huge challenges on, on yourself, but also your family. And managing those challenges is something um, that takes, literally takes work and takes practice. Food for thought, I suppose, when we uh, take to Twitter to uh, slam our team when they lose and uh, tell them all to get home and all that kind of uh, all those kind of shenanigans. Uh, Matt, thank you very much. Uh, Matt will be back as part of the commentary team from Saturday. Although the weather forecast isn't too pretty, um, I'm pretty sure we'll get. Well, there'll be a bit of rain maybe and a bit of a wind, but we will get a test match. It gets underway on Saturday. Uh, the following on podcast returns tomorrow from the Darren Sammy Cricket Ground. England captain Joe Root. Uh, will be giving us uh, his thoughts on where he should bat in the batting order and also a steer on what that team will look like when it takes to the field exclusively live on TalkSport and TalkSport 2 on Saturday. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 